You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. And welcome back, everybody, to tonight's live broadcast of TPC. It's Saturday evening, February the 3rd. You just heard a fantastic hour with uh, former United States Representatives Steve King of Iowa and Steve Stockman from Texas. We are live in Orlando, Florida tonight. Steve King and I are going to be speaking at an event tomorrow afternoon. Steve Stockman joined us from the phone from Texas as we have a three-hour special report on the crisis at the Texas border crisis in terms of immigration, a constitutional crisis, uh, two, and joining us now, boy, if there was ever a guest whose uh, issue was in this, uh, his bailiwick, it is uh, Peter Brimelow, the editor of VDare.com and author of the best-selling book, Alienation, Common Sense About America's Immigration Disaster. He's going to be weighing in on Texas now following the congressman. Peter, how are you? Fine, James. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for being on for this particular show, this important show with, again, uh, an all-star cast, Steve King, Steve Stockman, now Peter Brimelow. Uh So, Peter, I don't want to say this is uh, exciting for you, but this is your issue, and I, I wish that it didn't have to be so tragic and that the repercussions of this so damaging to our to our nation, uh, but for a guy who who's uh, extraordinary webzine, vdare.com, uh, has made this their signature issue, uh, you got to be firing on all cylinders right now. What do you make of it? <laughs> well, you know, it's just taken a long time, hasn't it? Uh, Alien Nation was published in '95, uh, uh, but you're right. I mean, uh, one of the really interesting things that's happened, and, and uh, uh, Brad over at um, our Central Center is very good on this, is that there, there simply are no uh, pro-immigration Republicans left in, in the in the base in the base in the base now. Of course, they give the donors of pro-immigration. The Wall Street Journal page is, is pro-immigration, but the party itself is clearly an immigration patriot party. And at some point, that's going to prevail. Uh, uh, it's not going to help Nikki Haley at all because uh, she, she's obviously uh, out of the, the Jeb Bush mold. Now, the question is, well, what, what can we get done about it? I mean, it, it, this, this situation is extreme. It, it, you know, the amazing thing is, James, it's not impossible that... that this time next year, we could have an uh, immigration patriot president and Republican control of both branches of Congress, so both branches of the legislative branch, controlled by a party that wants to do something about immigration. Uh, it, it, it's clear the House does, and, uh, and uh, the, you know the, the Senate is still is still lagging behind. But 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 uh, you know with, with a, if, if Trump wins, uh, I I think it's possible he could win the landslide. This is what I was talking with the congressman about in the first hour, Peter, is that uh, I was asking, I was a little bit surprised and I wanted to get their opinion on why Biden hasn't gone ahead and federalized the Texas State Guard yet. And they said they don't, he doesn't want immigration to be the issue because it's such a terrible issue for the Democrats who would play right into Trump's hand. Do you buy that or do you agree with that? You know, he's obviously uh, blinking Biden. Uh, 
uh, uh, it doesn't seem to want a full scale. Uh, you know, it has not gone and taken this barbed wire down. Uh, and I, I, there may be something to it because what I mean, what I find is, uh, you know, if you talk to ordinary people in the country, they really don't know what's happening at the border. Which is true, the Spanish, uh, uh, the, the, what, six, seven million people commenced, commenced Biden uh, basically up on the border on his first day. But but it's not reported in the mainstream media, and, and um, pe- people really don't know very much about it. What may change that is, is uh, that these, these uh, I don't like to call them migrants, they're not birds, you know, they're, they're actually infiltrators. Uh, but they're starting <laughs> to show up in northern cities now, you know. Uh, that's a very, you know, that, that migrant thing really drives me crazy because, of course, it's, it's a sleight of hand that we should never have accepted. They're not, they're not migrants, they're illegals. Uh, they, but, uh, you know, it's starting to show up in northern cities now, and, and, and that's obviously disturbing the, you know, the, uh, uh, people, people can see them on the, uh, in these cities, and so it's, it's just, just suppressing the news of what's going on at the border uh, is not going to be enough for Biden. Now, in my just looking at this, I had uh, and I've mentioned this earlier in the in the program tonight as well. But I, I'm going to just replow a little bit of ground with you because I'm interested in your opinion. I uh, read the letter that Abbott wrote, and it was very good. It was very well reasoned. He basically cited straight on that he superseded or the state law superseded federal government here he had the uh, the authority to defend the border uh, you can read that it's been widely publicized it's on everybody's websites you can read uh, the clauses and the sections and the articles that he cited I did think though that it would be a performative defiance uh, but then you had the 25 governors who have made their statements of support that's good uh, the longer this drags out I think the better it'll be for our side uh, you know the the, the 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 tension and division in Washington this is a tinderbox and the political stress level being what it is in this country it's inter- you, you don't know when something is going to take on a life of its own bigger uh, than what people like Abbott might have intended but I guess my question for you is Peter though if Biden did decide to go ahead and make a move here, uh, would push come to shove? I mean, at that point, do you really believe that Abbott and the 25 Republican governors who are standing with him would do something, or would they just say, well, we fought the good fight, but obviously, you know, law is the law, and so on and so forth, as we've seen happen before? I think it's getting getting beyond that. I and mean, what I think might happen if Biden were to do that is that the House, the House uh, Republicans will finally get it, get get the courage to, to to impeach Biden, which is what they should be doing. They should be messing around with, with Mayorkas. They should have impeached Biden. It should have been done as soon as he as soon as he abrogated all those executive orders that Trump had got in place to keep to keep the border secure. Uh, and, and they should have done it before the the, the 2022 election so as to make clear that the immigration was the big issue. Uh, if he if he were to get in a, a file like that with with Texas, I think I think they might very well they might very well impeach him at that point. Well, that would be interesting. The congressman uh, respectively said in the first hour that they should uh, uh, have a, a shutdown over the border issue. They should shut down the government. And, of course, uh, Congressman Stockman was involved in the last two shutdowns in the 90s and in uh, uh, the, the mid-2000s. 
2010s, I guess it was. But again, with this situation on the border, you've got all of the rhetoric. The rhetoric is sharp. The rhetoric is very sharp. But sometimes things take a life of their own and they don't follow a, a script. So I'm eager to see how this progresses because at some point somebody's going to have to <laughs> cry uncle here. Now, I guess, I mean, again, looking into your crystal ball, Peter, does Biden just sort of... Uh, reroute as as congressman stockman and and king were saying in the first hour he's just going to reroute it's not as if the border has been secured texas has put a plug in it a little i mean it's not down to net zero immigration in texas god knows but in eagle pass which is where we're focusing on uh that it has been improved but it's getting rerouted to arizona new mexico and california uh so does biden just is he just content to let it to let it to be rerouted there they're still coming in so Ultimately, nothing's changed. It's a little harder to get in in Texas. Do you think that's the way it plays out? It's just a, uh, I think a dull they, simmer they, they, here they, through the election? I think they probably would like to see the, the borders on the southwest, the numbers on the southwest border fall, just simply because they, would, they, they don't want to have to fight over it in the election year. But, you know, the funny thing about, about uh, the, what the administration has done here is that this gang who's run, running the um, uh, uh, the Biden White House is clearly not, clearly not Biden himself. There's, there's a... There's, there's a Exactly, you know, gang of uh, no goodness in there who who are uh, running it. Is there sheer fanaticism of, of that they've shown? I mean, they they are absolutely determined to shove as many illegals into the country as possible uh, you know, at, at an astounding pace, and that that causes me to think that they're actually frightened. They think they've got to do this while they have a chance, while while they've got the chance. And um, for, that goes back, I think, to 2016. I think they were profoundly shocked by Trump winning. And they know that, that uh, this project that they had to, to uh, elect a new people, uh, I mean, Musk was, was talking about it, was tweeting about it today, Elon Musk, you know, that they just aim is to get as many illegals in as possible and then amnesty them and, and cement and a permanent democratic majority. They know that it could be turned around and stopped. It could have been done in, in, in Trump's first two years. Uh, they could have had an immigration moratorium. They could have they could have had a wall. They could have serious deportation. They, they know that it could be done, uh, and there's a path to doing it. If if, uh, if Trump, uh, you know, if, if the election works out the way I think it might, so they've got to seize the opportunity now to do as much damage to to the historic American nation as they can. And so for, for that reason, I think they may very well continue to to uh, bring these numbers in. Uh, they might they might uh, try to mask it a bit, or they might try to slow it down. But 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 uh, essentially, they want these people here because they do, I'm sure they think that um, one of the curious things that has happened, you know, James, is that there's almost a consent Shall we talk later? Yeah, hold on right there. Uh, we're going to take a break very quickly with Peter Brimlow, VDare.com. Check all the latest news on this and VDare's coverage of the crisis at the border. Interesting. Uh, Entry by Eugene Gant a few days ago on Texit and uh, what may be coming. We'll be back with Peter Brimelow next. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate 
educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, MericaFirst dot com. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by ConfederateChurchOfChrist.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. All right, and we're back, and we are live uh, from Florida. Peter Brimlow joining us uh, via telephone. If you missed Congressman Steve King, Congressman Steve Stockman in the first hour, be sure to check in the broadcast archives, which will be up uh, in just a few minutes after our live broadcast concludes tonight. Uh, Still Michael Gaddy to come in the third hour. We are talking about the situation at the Texas border, not just the crisis of immigration, but perhaps the coming constitutional crisis if this thing escalates. So, Peter, you were making a point right before the break. I'd like to invite you to uh, continue making it. Well, James, what I was saying is, is it goes to this point as to how much things have changed. I mean, there's almost a consensus emerging now uh, among, among uh, the Republican candidates, including, I think, Nikki Haley, that, that, that there has to be serious deportation. Uh, after this, after this next election, uh, Trump is saying that, you know mass deportation, the largest deportation ever. Of course, that's absolutely critical uh, to get these people out of the country. Uh, and I don't know that anybody has given any serious thought on how to do it. It's not as difficult as it appears because once they realize that the jig's up, you know, most many of them will just go home anyway. That's what happened during, during Operation Wetback in the 50s when Eisenhower solved the earlier illegal, illegal immigration crisis. The other thing that we found is that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a consensus among Republicans in Congress that something has to be done about birthright citizenship. Uh, uh, which, of course, is, but both our citizenship is like, is like the in, it, internal wall. You can have a wall on the border, but if you have, have, have both of our citizenship, it means that the illegals will get in here and have children. Those children will not be citizens. And, 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 uh, and uh, they may stay around, but they're not going to be affecting the, uh, the vote, uh, yeah, which is what the Democrats actually want them here for. So that, that's obviously something that should be done right away. It's not going to as much publicity as... as um, as, uh, as, as mass deportation, but, but it does seem to be surprisingly widespread among Republicans in, in, in Washington. That's something ought to be done about it. All right. I, I wanted to circle back uh, to something you said just, uh, just a moment ago uh, about how this could be something where if you have Trump, obviously, 
and you have a Republican Party that has increasingly warmed to the idea of a secure border. Now, this was obviously something that the Republican Congress wasn't very good on uh, prior to Trump, but it has been remade in his image in large part on, on that issue. Now, uh, just a few days ago at a, at a rally, President Trump said that uh, the first thing he will do when he's sworn in is usher in the largest deportation in American history. Now, of course, campaign promises, campaign rhetoric, and uh, what is actually done once someone is elected, uh, it's all, normally a wide gap in between the two. Uh, build the wall, we're going to make Mexico pay for it, so on and so forth. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he might not necessarily want to. Do you have any reason to hope that uh, an emboldened Republican Congress on the issue of immigration, coupled with an ascendant and hopefully vengeful Trump in a second hypothetical term, would make a move on immigration? Or is this just something that is uh, meant to get people into the polls? No, I think the problem is the base. They're afraid of the base. Uh, if you notice the Senator Langford in Oklahoma proposing this, what is essentially a, a, an amnesty bill, they're trying to smuggle an amnesty through under uh, as a, under the guise of getting the border under control. Uh, he's been censored by his own party in Oklahoma. That, that's you know that's obviously not something that they like to see the the the, the, the possibility of primary charges. So yes, I do I do think there's a, a possibility of. Uh, uh, you know, the thing is, I think they, they've learned a lot. It takes people time to learn a new issue. And, and uh, I think they are, they are, in fact, so slowly learning the immigration issue. The, the border bill that's been passed by, by Congress, uh, HR2, is, is apparently a very good bill. Uh, of course, the, the Senate won't take it up. And, and it doesn't look like these wimps, uh, the Republican negotiators uh, in the side, uh, in the, in the side have, have got anything. We don't know what they've gotten because they haven't released the bill yet, the bill yet although they say they want to vote on it next week. Ludicrous situation, of course. But, but generally, I think there's much more will, uh, determination to do something, if only out of sheer self-interest. Uh, how would you, Peter, being uh, someone who has had so much experience in the the media, the regime media, uh, having been both uh, an editor with Forbes and Market Watch and your uh, illustrious career and then being on the receiving end of it as uh, an immigration patriot with VDARE, you've been on both sides. Well, you've always been on the right side, I should say, but you've been, you've been targeted and you've had some experience uh, from uh, working within the other side, uh, National Review and so on and so forth. But uh, the media coverage of this, I, I'm just to give you one example. This is USA Today, and I flagged this one, a USA Today article. Headline reads, Eagle Pass Braces for its Next Conflict. A Texas town, the subheadline reads, has become the site where state officials face off with the federal authorities over who will control international migration. There's your word, Peter. Eagle Pass in the right. crosshairs of an Abbott-Biden border standoff. Then the story reads, Last week, the Supreme Court ruled, obviously this is a few days old, uh, the federal agents could remove Texas's border wire. In response, Texas Governor Greg Abbott defied the court order, fueling a growing standoff over constitutional authority at the border. Eagle Pass, Texas, is now bracing for what's ever next as public city areas are overtaken with Abbott-sponsored border security initiatives. So obviously Abbott's the bad guy here. He's making things disruptive. He's kind of... Uh, mucking up their utopia down there at Eagle Pass by putting up these uh, security measures. Right. Uh, not to, nothing surprising there at all in terms of the media coverage, but I would still like to make mention of it and at least get uh, one of our guests on record tonight on how the media is covering this. 
I mean, generally, they've, they've uh, uh, most importantly, told us to press the news. So I, I was talking to, you know, Lydia's family's from Texas, and I was talking to, to, to my father-in-law the other day, and he tells me that uh, he, people he knows in Dallas, I said, they have no idea, in Dallas, since they have no idea what's going on at the border. He knows about it because he, he, he sees me there, but, but you know, to the extraordinary extent, some people have no idea, no idea what's going on. Uh, uh, and now, of course, with this, with this, um, you're right. The the, uh, the uh, coverage of the coverage of the Texas clash, of course, is, is, is very partisan. But you know, I have to say that that, that, that we've got to be careful with that Supreme Court ruling. You know, they, they didn't tell, they didn't order the, the uh, they didn't say that Biden uh, that Texas had to take the wire down. In fact, they're not actually lo- 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 ruling on the underlying legal court case at all. It was a temporary injunction that, 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 they, that they have. So well, I, Peter, I, I, I don't think I don't think the legal situation there is quite as bad as, as you might think. Well, if you don't mind, uh, Peter, we just uh, a little surprise for you here. Uh, Congressman King actually just walked uh, right back into where we were broadcasting, heard you were on, and put his headset back on. So here he is now uh, to say hello, Steve King and Peter Brimelow. Well, Peter, I'm glad to hear from you and glad to know that you're still out there fighting the good fight. It gives me a lot of encouragement. And uh, my wife thinks that I ought to be retired, but yours doesn't think you ought to be. And so <laughs> I'm going to do it till my last breath. And even after that, I'm going to come back and haunt him. How about you? I think you have to come and speak for us at the, at the Berkeley Springs Castle one day, Congressman. You know, we're trying to have we're having conferences here now, so so you, you must come and see us. He wants you to come to the Vidare Castle and oh, uh, give, oh. a, give an address. Um, I, I have I have taken a look at that, and I hope one day I can do that. Uh, what would the dates be that would make that available, Peter? Well, we have a conference in April, but I think that's pretty, we'll get in touch with you about it. There's a conference in late April, but but if you were coming, we would try to put something on special. We'll 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 uh, we'll we'll do something special for Steve King. It's got to be (laughs) it's got to be the the only one. (laughs) I'm just a regular guy with an irregular job, so I don't I don't need the red carpet so much. Although I just came back from that one, and uh, I've taken a good look at the castle that you have there, and that's just terrific. So it is something I want to do, and hopefully we can connect offline and figure out a way. They've got me plenty busy in Iowa right now defending our constitutional rights, but. Um, we were talking about the border, and I know you have to be doing that, too, and how we're going to secure that and what's going to happen politically if we don't secure that. I think the American people will rise up. They're not going to tolerate this much longer. Well, Peter, while we have Congressman King on, and we just have a minute or two before our next break, how about a question from you for the congressman? I guess I would say, Congressman, what, do you think that the situation in Congress has improved since, since you, you were assassinated? I mean, uh, the, 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 you were treated very, very badly by your colleagues. But do, do, do you have the sense that they're, they're now more, more tuned to the immigration issue? He's asking if Congress has improved on this issue. Sorry, sorry for having to repeat the question, Peter. It's the, the headset here in the remote broadcast and the background noise. But, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so. Has the, uh, Peter's question for you was, has the, congressional, uh, the House GOP congressional medal been strengthened on the immigration issue since your time in since your time there. Well, I don't, no, I don't think it's strengthened. Um, I mean, we pushed that pretty hard, and, and we had some support. But um, we had people on there that didn't want to fix immigration. John Boehner was one. Paul Ryan was another. I'm naming the statement of speakers up the line. Kevin McCarthy, even less. Uh, now we have Mike Johnson as the Speaker of the House. That does help, and I'd say that is an improvement. Yeah, and, and I McCarthy. think that was his question. Is it better now than it was when you were there? Yeah, and, and I'd say that uh, I don't know that it's better when I, when I arrived there. 
but it's better now than it was a year yes. ago. Yes. No, that was the question. And, yeah. That was the question. And and I think Mike Johnson's a good man. He's a he's a kind of a quiet fella. He's a full spectrum constitutional Christian conservative. Uh, he, he supports a strong social agenda from the conservative side and a strong fiscal responsibility gender, and, and he wants to secure the border. Uh, he's not as strong a personality as it might take to roll some of these people that are working <laughs> against him, however. Well, I, I'm, I'm listening here with the background noise for when the music starts. Do you think, and this was something that Peter and I were talking about, do you think that uh, Trump, if and when he's reelected, and a Republican House would have the will to really throw down the hammer on the immigration issue. If Trump is saying as soon as he gets elected, it's going to be the greatest deportation we've ever seen. Well, he has to do better than Eisenhower then, but I hope he does. And, <laughs> uh, and I do think if it's a mandate, uh, that if it's a mandate from the American people, there's an election tsunami, which is what it's probably going to take, uh, then that mandate can be carried out. And I, but to, to deport 40 million people... Oh, I just figured this out on the way down here on the on the Florida. Oh, no, I, I know, I know this math. I hear the music. Uh, okay. I got to turn your headset up. Okay. Uh, maybe if you're with us after the break, we'll continue with Peter Brimelow. You can tell us this metric. That's a deal. But we got to take a quick and then break. Then I'll hand it back to Peter. All right, Steve <laughs> King and Peter Brimelow. We'll be right back. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Laura Winters. The Pentagon finally launching strikes in Iraq and Syria after Iran-backed proxy groups killed three members of the U.S. military last week. At least 85 targets hit. B-1 bombers flown from here in the U.S. to the Middle East to carry out the strikes. The bodies of the three sergeants, two women ages 23 and 24, and one man who was 46, flown back to Dover Air Force Base Friday in Delaware. President Biden, First Lady Jill, and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on hand for the somber ceremony. In other news, New York City launching a $50 million program to hand out prepaid credit cards to illegal aliens. Administrators from Democrat Mayor Eric Adams' office will begin handing out the prepaid credit cards to families being housed in New York City hotels. The immediate response card initiative appears to be similar to the state's food stamp program called SNAP, which provides lower-income New Yorkers with a credit card to cover the cost of food. This freebie comes as New York City police say the latest crime wave is illegal aliens who have formed pickpocketing teams who are stealing wallets, purses, and cell phones from unsuspecting patrons at restaurants and bars in Manhattan. At least four of the illegal alien men involved in assaulting two police officers last weekend in Times Square, kicking them in the head, were arrested and set free on no bail, and they have reportedly boarded a bus to California. New York Governor Democrat Kathy Hochul asked about the crime. She tells reporters these men should be deported. Carl Weathers, best known for playing Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, has died. He was 76 years old. He was born in New Orleans and had a 50-year career in movies and TV. He first appeared in the iconic role of Apollo Creed in Rocky back in 1976. This is USA News. 
Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive Burger Perfection Flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code Code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com, use promo code TREAT at checkout, and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. All right, and we are back with uh, Peter Bimelo, who is the featured guest of this hour. Again, if you're tuning in late or if for any other reason you missed uh, the first hour with Congressman Steve King and, and Congressman Steve Stockman, uh, be sure to go back to our broadcast archives and check it out. Steve King making a surprise uh, that's encore here in the second hour uh, with Peter Brimelow. And you were going to tell us a quick story about some calculations you had on the drive down to Florida this week. Yes, and I'm going from memory here. I'm going from memory here, but my wife punched the calculator, so I have to put that little clause in there that it's a disclaimer. However, uh, we were going down through the, the Florida Turnpike running about 78 mile an hour on that. And uh, I'm watching these cars going by and how many people are being moved. And I'm thinking, they've been telling us that it's impossible to deport all the illegal aliens. And so I'm thinking, well, logistically, 
what would that really take? So I thought, well, if you take a Kia or whatever that Mexican car is, a Sonora or something like that, and you put six illegal aliens in that car and you send it off down the road and on to across the Rio Grande somewhere, anywhere south of there is fine. And so six of them at a time, and you need three seconds separation between each vehicle in order to be safe. That's your reaction time. So that's 20 vehicles a minute. And with three seconds of time, 20 vehicles a minute with six people in it times uh, times 60 seconds, 60 minutes per hour, times 24 hours a day, times 365 days of the year. If you just set them up in one lane convoy running down at 60 mile an hour, uh, <laughs> how many illegals could you deport in a year? And this comes, this Peter does stuff like this, by the way. And uh, and I came up with this number of 62 million in only a year, single lane of traffic. So who says it's too hard to deport all these people? Well, it's you easy. can let, let them keep the key, and it'd still be cheaper than what you told them to keep them here. Or give it back to the Chinese. <laughs> Some of the Chinese will be driving it, as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Pe- What do you think, Peter? Does that math add up? <laughs> you think we'll oh, make that work? Simple math. They came and they can go. It's as simple as that. I don't even know that you need major. I think most of them would leave if they realized that the gravy train was over. I mean, you heard on the news uh, that the, uh, in New York City, they're actually hang, handing out credit cards to these illegals with several thousand dollars on them. So, so as long as they're doing that, these people are going to stay. When, when, they, when, they, when they stop doing that, they'll leave. That's the real problem here. Is that the, 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 the federal government and, and these NGOs are actually financing this this, this, uh, this massive displacement. If that can be stopped, and, 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 you know, uh, the, the, the incentive structure will completely alter. I heard in an immigration hearing we had Rosemary Jenks of Numbers USA testifying, and the Democrats decided they were going to take her apart on her testimony when she advocated for deportation. Then they said, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to put them all on planes and buses and send them back to their home country? How can you do that logistically? Uh, And she just looked at them and said, they can go home on their own. Well, how are they going to do that? She said they got here somehow, used the same method to go home. It was really simple. As she asked, she slammed the door on that argument. You do hear people wringing their hands and trying to come up with uh, complicated schemes to to get them out if, if ever the will were to do that, which I, I think increasingly we are reaching that point where there is the political will to do it. There's certainly the will amongst the based. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's probably simpler simpler than uh, any of us uh, any of us realize. Well, they had enough initiative you know, to come through all the Darien Gap. They ought to have enough initiative to get back south of the Rio Grande. Peter, one of the things one of the things we do at VW is uh, look at the immigrant workforce population, uh, that, and uh, you know you can get this you can work the numbers out from from the. Uh, um, uh, uh, the Department of Labor's um, monthly reports, and you know when when. Uh, 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 the, the, the workforce population has been consistently going for a very long time, but the first month, uh, directly after the election in mean, 2016, um, uh, it, it actually it actually suddenly fell. It started to fall before Trump even it was even inaugurated. It, it, they, they, they thought the end had come and they left, they left. We ran an article from somebody on the border uh, uh, who had contacted the border saying people were driving past them with washing machines in the back of the car and stuff like that because they thought, they thought uh, you know, the, 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 there was going to be a serious crackdown. Now, of course, that reversed, of course, when they realized that how Trump wasn't, wasn't able to get control of Congress and so on. But by the end of his, uh, uh, of his uh, uh, administration, before COVID, the immigrant workforce population was again falling in absolute terms because of all these regulations and executive orders he got in there. 
uh, and then of course COVID came and it fell very, very dramatically. So, 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 but, but I mean, he, he was able to do something, and they was, they respond to incentives, and and he just got changed incentives. Well, the critical thing that I've got, I think, has gotten done is removing the Plata versus Doe, you know, this uh, putting illegal aliens in schools, uh, the kids in schools, they shouldn't, they, sh- they, they shouldn't be up to free schools. That's a subject of somewhat up to $10,000 a pupil, per pupil cost in a public school. Why, why are we doing this? Well, and, and Peter, I would say also I hear from people that they say, well, we, we can't deport them because who's going to fix our roofs and who's going to clean the toilets and who's going to mow our lawns? And they go through all of that. And I, well, if that number is 30 to 40 million people, and I don't think that's a reach anymore, it may well be more than that. But if they all went home, there's a whole lot less work to do taking care of them. And those folks, uh, they might find a way. And they, and they will say also, well, who's going to raise our crops and who's going to prepare our food? And, um, and like, has there ever been any civilization that ever went hungry because they were too lazy? I don't think so. And, and we got here somehow also. We evolved into this. We, we devolved into this situation of dependency on illegal aliens. And we can transition out of it. We'll always find the ways to adapt to that. And in our culture, what, we'll be what restored is- if we do that. The rule of law also. What it's done, of course, is it's impeded, it's retarded mechanization uh, in, in, in agriculture. If you, if you look at the history of mechanization in agriculture, it was, it was proceeding along very well, uh, basically until mass immigration began in the 60s, uh, and then it stalled. But there's all kinds of things that can be done with, with, with machinery. That, uh, it's just, it's just, it just doesn't pay farmers to do it. Well, we've got tomato picking machines, we've got apple picking machines, and, and we can also genetically engineer some of this food so it goes a lot easier. Uh, we find these solutions, and we're not going to go hungry. That well, I'm this sure. is the question for people who would ask that, you know, what would we ever do without them? How did we ever make it before they came to help us so generously? That's the easy one. <laughs> why do they, why do they have to be the illegal? That's the obvious one, Peter. Well, then, you know, why do, why do they have Say to again, be illegal? Peter? Well, why do they have to be illegal? Why do we have to depend on illegal immigrants? We, we have lots of legal, legal immigrants coming in. I think there should be an immigration moratorium for the next 50 years, no net immigration. But, uh, but we don't. We are bringing in a, mil, a million legals, a, 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 a legal immigrants in a year. Well, why can't they go and pick, 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 pick this? Uh, what are they for if, if we still have to bring in you know, six, seven million illegals in three years? What's the point of having a legal, legal immigration? I think there's a, a real ser- yep. serious effort. I was joking about migrants earlier on, but there's a serious effort to try and uh, uh, to try and persuade the public that illegal immigration and legal immigration are really the same thing. They don't, they don't make a distinction between them. The great thing about legal immigration is you could theoretically choose them. Uh, if the, 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 the choosing process is, is not very efficient, partly because there's so much, too much family reunification, so-called, going on. But at least you can choose who these people are and make sure they don't have diseases and so on. Why do you have to have uh, 300,000 illegals a month coming across the border when you can't choose them at all? Well, and, and I proposed legislation that would have put a merit system in place for legal immigration, and that would have a number of characteristics in there. One, would they be young, so they're not going on Social Security and Medicare right away, young, uh, they'd have to have an education, they'd had to have an ability to have an earnings, they had to have an English language speaking skills, because that's the best measure of assimilation that you can have. And there was one other indication in there, um, was it, but, but um, to, to, if we went for those kind of people, they would assimilate quickly into the society with the language skills, the earning capacity, the education, and uh, demonstrating that they'd be young and, and healthy. 
Um, that's pretty much what we talked about earlier about Ellis Island at least required that they be healthy. And we don't even do that. If we bring people in on tragedy because they maybe have maybe they have AIDS or they have some kind of illness. Well, and they're bringing in illnesses that have been eradicated here for generations, tuberculosis. And, you know, there's and, a surgeon yes, TB and tuberculosis just been reported in the Bay Area in California. And now I tweeted out about this a few minutes ago. The, 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 the San Jose Mercury News ran an article about it. But it didn't say about immigration. It just, the, the closest it came to was to, was to say um, San Francisco has a big international population. Because the reason it's surge is because people come across the border who aren't, who aren't in any way vetted and aren't tested. And as, as, as the article said... I think it was in San Francisco... Go I was just going to say, Peter, I think it's in San Francisco also where I saw an article a few days ago where they're having to lock up uh, the microwavable meals in the grocery stores now behind, uh, you know, like everything else. You know, these Rite Aids, these Walgreens, these pharmacy, wherever. They're having to lock up everything on the shelf. Used to, they would lock up certain items. Now they're locking up socks. <laughs> I guess that's just the, uh, the benefits of right, right. multiculturalism and rampant uh, immigration. But no, anyway, continue. Well, you know, the, the, the congressman is completely right. I mean, the, the, we are on, on guard against disease, and, and of course, one of the one of the there's a lot of bad reporting on the COVID thing. But one of one of the uh, one of the things that really irritated me is they made no effort to figure out where it was coming from. I mean, Trump was right to shut, shut off China. He should have done it earlier. Disease does travel internationally, and, and, and uh, you know. Commitment to immigration was so great that they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't close the whole COVID migration down. A quick break. I hear the music, uh, our last break of the hour. An embarrassment of riches tonight. Peter Brimelow, <laughs> Steve King here this hour. Steve King, Steve Stockman, the first hour, and still more to come, more to go, more work to be done before we rest tonight. We have promises to keep and miles to go before we sleep, Robert Frost said. We'll be right back. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, Ann Wilson-Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. 
a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. We're back. Uh, we've had the honor of the last segment of and a half of being rejoined uh, by Steve King, who was our featured guest along with Steve Stockman in the first hour and uh, teaming him up with Peter Brimlow as we continue to talk about the situation at the border. Now, we're going to get into this, uh, the, the real meats and potatoes of this with uh, columnist Michael Gaddy, who's written for everywhere. He does his own sub uh, stack now. Michael Gaddy uh, has written for Lou Rockwell. Uh, for many, many years, going back now and other places as well, and uh, was original founder of the Minuteman Project. So he was down there every day on the border back in April of 2005, I believe it was, and he was calling into this show every night <laughs> in 2005, live from the border. That was back when we were on five nights a week before we moved to a weekly broadcast. So, uh, And he's also a constitutional scholar, so really looking forward to getting down into the fine details with Michael Gaddy as we wrap up uh, a sensational show tonight with uh, the two Steves and now Peter Brimlow. Uh, Peter, uh, before Congressman King left uh, to uh, uh, go to his next engagement here at the conference, he wanted me to ask you, uh, in the Democrats' mind, or, or people really even thinking this way, how many is too many? How much is too much? What is our carrying capacity? Is there room for 8 billion illegal aliens? I mean, is there a number there, or is it just... <laughs> is it just supposed to go on like this forever? And that's a, that's a good well, question. It, Nobody really extrapolates that. Yeah, I mean, there's an assumption that that the American population has got to continue to grow, and it's bad if it doesn't. But I, I don't, I've never understood that argument. I mean, it's like having a, it's like an individual family size. People don't don't all typically have, but you know. 20 children, uh, although, although women are physically capable of uh, bearing uh, 20 children if they start early enough, they tend to have smaller families. And the same is true with, uh, with, with, with countries. You know, at some point, they can, they can, they, there's no reason why they shouldn't stabilize the population uh, as long as the skill levels continue to improve. They could, they could, they could uh, have a, a, you know, a sort of great economic growth without, without uh, you know, going, going to the sky. They don't, they don't have to be as big as in India or China. Or, uh, uh, and it's a desperate drive to increase the population. I mean, it benefits certain people. This is typical of the immigration debate. Some people benefit at the expense of everybody else in the country. I mean, if you're a real estate developer, and you'll see this in Florida, of course they want to pave the whole Florida over, so they want to have more and more people in all the time. But from the point of view of the, of living, of the living standards of, uh, of, of, uh, of the ordinary American and the culture of America, you don't need this constant, this constant influx. I think immigration for the Americans right now is a luxury. Uh, they don't need it, uh, and uh, they certainly didn't need it in, in, in these enormous numbers that have happened since the 1965 Immigration Act and, of course, the collapse of the borders. A, a, a little immigration can have certain beneficial effects, but bringing, bringing people in in the numbers where, where they're actually displacing the, 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 the host population, you know, and it's true that whites are going to go into, whites were 90% of the population in 1960, and they're going to go into a minority, you know, very soon, within 10, 10 or 15 years, and that's entirely because of immigration. There's no cause for that. There's no reason for that. Uh, uh, 
there are a lot of people in power right now, including so those around Joe Biden, who simply don't like white Americans and, and are more comfortable in a sort of Levantine situation with a great you know, mix of people. And that's one of the things that's driving them. But, but I don't see why ordinary American, why actual you know, uh, American nationalists should put up with that. Patriots should put up with that. All right, let me... Let me ask you this. This was something we foreshadowed this uh, or teased this a few minutes ago. Eugene Gant's uh, article uh, entry at uh, VDARE, Texas just a symptom. Immigration-driven displacement really is breaking up U.S. states. So you have, of course, you know, we've talked about the uh, issue of what's going on in Idaho. That's well known to people. But uh, even I didn't know, Peter, that you had it uh, in uh, with some counties in Illinois. Uh, obviously, the situation in Virginia, West Virginia, Greater West Virginia, uh, the Cal Three. Uh, how Western, the Western what part does of the future look? Well, I, I think what does the future look like for potential secession movements, regional or otherwise, red state, blue state, or even regional here in the United States? Uh, how could I this think, play I, out I, in favor of that? I think the redividing the states is is, is absolutely inevitable now because uh, the the um, a lot of it goes back to the Supreme Court decision, which, which uh, imposed a one-man-one-vote regime on these big states so that uh, they don't have a balancing mechanism like the U.S. Senate, which, which balances the several, the, the, the several communities. So that means, for example, here in, in West Virginia, just across the, the, the Potomac is, is Western Maryland, the Western part of Maryland. It's completely outvoted. It's basically a very conservative country, very like West Virginia, uh, but it's completely outvoted by Baltimore. Uh, so why should they stay in uh, um, a state where, where they have no voice? Uh, uh, and and uh, same is true in the eastern, the eastern shore of Maryland too. So I think these states will be will be redivided at some point because people are just going to get fed up with uh, with uh, being outvoted. And you know, immigration is helping that, is driving that because it's bringing in people with very different values. Uh, and and uh, they're outvoting. Like Northern Virginia, for example, now is is, is heavily immigrant, and these are people who vote for gun control. But but in southern, South South Virginia, uh, you know, it's American still, and they they don't want gun control. So why should they put up with being outvoted by these people? The what they need to do is secede and join West Virginia. Uh, or you know, uh, I expect that kind of uh, subdivision. And there's lots. There's, with the article we've been following this for years, and there are lots of examples all over the country that where where people are agitating to to, to uh, get out. Just a couple of years ago, in the, in the Western Panhandle of Maryland, several legislators <laughs> appealed to join West Virginia. West Virginia, they wanted to secede from Maryland and join West Virginia. It makes a great deal of sense. So we're, we're going to see a lot of that. What's ultimately what's really going to happen though is if this influence continues. People are actually going to states are actually going to think about leaving the union, which isn't protecting them. And you can see that that's happening. That's happening in Texas. Uh, All the, right, so uh, that it's a, it's a d- double tiered thing. You could see the regional or state uh, in state secession or reforming, however you want to call it. Call right. it secession. Call it a national divorce. Uh, it, but right. you you could have it on a on a state level or on a regional level, or uh, people actually leaving the unions, not just the states resorting. Although any of it is fantastic to think about. I mean, it's hard to believe that anything uh, that exciting could actually happen because we've just been on this dull simmer for so many decades now. It just slowly circling the drain to where something like this, a state split up or even states leaving the union. You think that that is a realistic possibility, though? Or even a likelihood? 
I think state splitting up, redividing the states, it, it, it is likely. It's very likely. Uh, uh, you know, something like Great Idaho, where they, they, they just annex uh, Oregon, Eastern Oregon, annex itself to Idaho. I think that that's that's inevitable because of the divisions that immigration has introduced uh, and, and, the, and the, the really incompatibilities between the, between the, uh, the different parts of the state. As to whether the the union itself will break up. Uh, you know, uh, 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 it's just it's just a question of how long they go on before we, we get this immigration situation under control. Uh, and and so so, <laughs> I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's uh, impossible. I mean, this drive to get the Texas uh, Texas referendum in Texas uh, on the, the Republican. Uh, ballot this year, they had to go to extraordinary lengths and, and to, 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 to frustrate it. They, uh, as, as, as in California, they had to, they had to get an uh, unelected judge to weigh in to, 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 to sabotage it. But it, you know, it had something like 190,000 signatures, uh, you know, which is which is which is significant. You know, Peter, uh, so I got to tell you, we have you a. No, I was just going to say very quickly, we have a small crowd here that uh, most people are in the main hall, and uh, we're, we're here doing a remote broadcast, which isn't part of the official program of doing it because this is my live broadcast time, and they gave us a spot to do We have a small crowd gathered around and, and listening and uh, listening to you, and a gentleman just walked over. He wrote <laughs> with a Sharpie, Texas will leave. Uh, so, you know, I think that there is a uh, a – certain amount of excitement within the base to see something like this happen that's the thing i mean there, there is there is a will there uh whether or not the the politicians will tap into it whether or not they're going to be too controlled i mean the republicans have never really been uh, our friends on a on a grand level although they are moving in our direction on immigration and always you had people like king and, and stockman you had individuals that that you know are obviously great but uh if they want to keep up at the base you know things are happening and uh, I, I i i can see it now i do see a realistic scenario a gameable, playable scenario uh, where this happens. But we have about a minute remaining, a, a fast hour again. Final word to you, Peter Bremelow, vdare.com, folks. Support the work uh, of Peter and the VDare uh, group. Nobody does it better on this issue. And we have a conference coming up here in West Virginia in April. In April. So if you go on the site uh, and look around, uh, you can, uh, uh, Lydia will be happy to, to book you a ticket. All right, it's all there. Information at vdare.com, Peter. That's right. All right, you can check it out, uh, support the the work, and attend the conference. Have a chance to go and see the Berkeley Springs Castle there and uh, that uh, fantastic uh, town uh, that I will be visiting for the first time this year, and I am looking forward to that. I have not yet been there, and I look forward to rectifying uh, that problem. Uh, Peter, uh, again, folks, vdare.com is your stop for the immigration issue, an issue that has been once again thrust to the forefront. It's always been in the forefront of our hearts and minds, uh, but now it's become, uh, at least for now, the, the national issue, and let's hope that it continues to be there. It's going to play into the good guy's hands, I think, and let's hope, let's hope. What else can we do? Uh, let's hope uh, that uh, there is a will to power on this and uh, that Trump will harness it if he can get uh, reelected. Uh, listen, I know, fool me once, fool me twice, say this, say that, promise this, didn't happen. What are you going to do, vote for Biden? So let's go. Peter Brimelow, VDare.com. We'll talk to you again very soon. God bless you. Thanks, James. 
All right, there he goes. We'll be back with Michael Gaddy, third and final hour, as I broadcast live from Orlando, Florida tonight, giving a speech to a pretty big crowd uh, tomorrow and broadcasting live tonight with some great guests. Michael Gaddy, to wrap it up.